Welcome to today's energy show. So you're thinking about an electric vehicle. Great idea. There's some terrific incentives out there, $7,500 federal tax credit, which comes right off the top of your income tax. Many states have incentives. Here in California, there's another $2,500 incentive, and and those things aren't going to last forever. So uh, economics are good. Very low maintenance. There's um, no, no fluids, no coolant, no oil. Just things don't wear out as much. And obviously, they're great for the environment because uh, you're not burning as much fossil fuel. Uh, but that, also, of course, depends on where the electricity is being generated. And it's the future of cars. There's no doubt about it. We're going to be transitioning to a uh, situation where everybody's going to be driving electric vehicles at one point. But there's one big difference. You have to think about how you're going to fill up your tank. When you have a gas car, like like we've always had. There's hundreds of thousands of gas stations around the country. Every freeway exit, um, almost every freeway exit, every city, lots and lots of places, convenient places to fill up. But with an electric vehicle, you're going to have to charge up the battery. And uh, right now, there's only about 10,000 public EV charging stations. And it also takes longer to fill up your tank. Um, it could take uh, a number of hours, and we'll talk about that in, in a minute. So you got to really plan. From a pricing standpoint, with with uh, today's unusually low gas prices, uh, th- there's not a tremendous advantage in terms of economics for electric vehicles, and, and of course that depends on your local electric rate. Gas rates are, ga- gas prices are are not incredibly different around the country. We're looking at gas prices of, you know, between two and two and a half dollars a gallon, and, and that's what we've got here at the end of January. But electric rates vary tremendously around the country from, you know, some places it's seven cents a kilowatt hour, some places uh, it's 40 cents a kilowatt hour. But just kind of looking at the averages, if, if we've got gas at about two and a half dollars a gallon and you get 40 miles per gallon in your car, it's going to cost you about 16, it's going to, you're going to get range of about 16 miles for every dollar you spend on gas. Um, and that's for uh, a car that gets 40 mpg. With electricity, um, and, and of course it depends. If if you're paying California rates at 25 cents a kilowatt hour, which is what you get if you plugged in at home, um, you're going to get about nine miles to the dollar. So gas is going to be cheaper. Um, but but um, you know if if you're in a place where electricity is a lot cheaper, some places it might be eight cents a kilowatt hour. Then then you've got a, a about 27 or 30 uh, miles per dollar, and it's much more cost-effective. Now, the other interesting thing about electric vehicles is that the luxury electric vehicles have about the same mileage as the cheapest ones, um, and that's certainly not the case with cars. We know uh, it's inevitable that the price of gas is going to continue to go up. It's going to go back up to where it was before. It might take two years. It might take 10 years, but it's it's um, there's a limited supply, so that's going to go up. And, and it's hard to say what the long-term trend of electricity is. Uh, generally, the utility rates keep going up. Up, and, and that's pretty much a, a slam dunk. We know that's going to happen. But what people are doing when they're putting in solar, they're actually getting quite a discount. So um, if, you, if you have solar or some kind of special electric rate, there's a good chance that your electricity prices are actually going to go down instead of up, which is great. So you're thinking about an electric vehicle. You're picking out the models. Great decision. But think a little bit about how you're going to charge and where you're going to charge. And, and I kind of look at it in, in three ways. There's three places you can charge your car and that you will charge your car at home, at night, at work, during the day, and on the road if you're traveling. Now, 
Um, pure electric vehicles have to charge up. You're going to have to plug in somewhere and, 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 and juice up that way. There are some electric vehicles that have gas engines also. They're hybrids. And these electric vehicles, and the Chevy Volt is one of them, that, that actually can charge off the gas engine in the car. So you switch over to a special mode. The gas, the gas engine just works extra hard. And while the gas engine is driving the car, it's also topping off the battery. Um, and, and there's, you know, kind of run through the numbers on this, but bizarrely with really, really cheap gas and very expensive electricity, um, it's actually cheaper to charge up your car from gas than it is to charge up from the utility in, in California at retail rates. But that's generally not the case everywhere else. So, so let's say you're looking at um, that electric vehicle. Makes total sense. You should look into what it's going to cost to put in uh, an electric vehicle charger. And, and my experience is that the car dealerships aren't always going to be super helpful with that. They want to sell you the car, and every car is going to come with an onboard charger. There's a little box and an extension cord, and one, one end of the cord plugs into a regular home outlet at 120 volts, and the other end plugs into the car. So every, every EV has that. And typically, it's going to charge up your car at, at a maximum of, of something around 12 amps. Um, and, and so there's that charger that, that goes from the wall into the car. What people may not know is that there's also a converter in the car that, that changes it from the AC household or, or utility power, alternating current, into the DC that goes into batteries. Batteries use DC power. So um, you're going to want to think a little bit about the size of that converter, and I'll, uh, I'll explain why that's important in a minute. What you also should think about, in addition to that charger at home, is see if your utility has any special electric vehicle rates or EV rates. Here in California, we've got a special EV rate, and if you charge at off-peak times, usually between like 11 uh, p.m. and 7 a.m. when people are generally sleeping and there's, there may be surplus power, that rate is less than 10 cents a kilowatt hour, which is really good because um, during the day, in some, some cases, um, you may have electric rates of 30 or 40 cents a kilowatt hour or more. So, so think about that. Also, definitely think about solar if you're, if you're looking at charging because um, the solar power is going to be by far the cheapest way you can um, generate that electricity for your car. Let's just kind of look at what the charging rates are. So if you're going to plug in to the wall, and the charging rate's important because that's going to basically dictate how fast you can fill up your tank. If you're going to plug into the wall at 120 volts and 12 amps, and it's just a simple multiplication, 12 times 120 is 1.44 kilowatts per hour. So that's how fast you can charge. So if you have a volt with a 16 and a half kilowatt hour battery, it's going to take you 11 and a half hours to fully charge up that battery. If you have a leaf, it's got a 24 kilowatt hour battery, and you know these are the current 2014 versions of the cars. It's going to take you 17 hours to fully charge, and and you've got an 80 mile range there. So if you drive 80 miles, say back and forth somewhere 30 miles, and maybe you, you, you used up a little bit more, it's going to take you 17 hours. You, you can't charge overnight. Um, you, if you only charge for 10 hours, you're going to only be able to go about 50 miles. If you have one of the the Teslas with the big battery, the 85 kilowatt hour battery. 59 hours to charge up. That's like three days, and, and it's, it's uh, two and a half days. It's going to take a long time at 1.44 kilowatt hours. That's the 120 volts. It's a, it's a, it's a challenge just in terms of the timing, um, how long it's going to take to fill up. Compared to pulling up at a gas station, you can top off your tank and fill it up in maybe five or ten minutes. Now, 
The other thing you have to think about in addition to the charger, and we'll go into more details in the chargers in a minute, but charging is a big problem for people who have an apartment or live in condos. Um, you need a place to plug in. Outdoor lots don't have places where you can even plug in that 120-volt charger. Many cases, you have an assigned indoor parking space. Well, the when they built those apartment buildings or those parking structures, they didn't put um, AC power at every single parking space. So you're not going to have convenient outlets. Maybe there's an outlet somewhere in the garage, you know, 50 feet away, and the, the landlord's generally not going to be too enthusiastic about you plugging an extension cord in there because you're just going to be... Um, he's going to be paying for you to fill up the, the tank. You have to think about where you're going to charge up. And, and strangely, that's limited uh, the sales of electric vehicles to, to people who um, are homeowners. Um, and that's the case in the U.S. The, the biggest market for vehicles is going to be China. Um, huge markets for EVs. They're, they're cheaper. They're environmentally friendly. And, and believe it or not, China has been very, very um, working very hard to find um, ways to pollute less, to use less fossil fuels. The, the commutes are relatively short there if they're driving. Otherwise, they're taking the trains. Huge market. But people live in apartments. There's no place to plug in. I just think about how, how quickly China evolved in terms of their, their transportation. Ten years ago, um, everybody was driving gas scooters around the cities. Uh, everywhere. Gas scooters everywhere. And then about you know six or seven years ago, it just changed. I, I think in China they said, eh, get rid of your gas scooter. Now you got to have electric scooters. So everybody has electric scooters. And there's these like quiet scooters that sneak up on you. And you got to be careful when you walk around. But the reason why they made that transition is first the government said, we want something that's more environmentally friendly that's not going to burn gas. But second, the people who live in apartments remove the battery from their scooter. It just kind of unplugs. And then they take it out. They take their, their, you know, their purse or their briefcase in one hand, and they got the battery in the other, and they take it inside, and they charge up. You can't do that with an EV um, because the EV battery pack weighs hundreds of pounds, um, and, and it just doesn't work. So it's interesting how in China they're working on a way to kind of solve that infrastructure problem. So here in the U.S., coming back home, yeah, you can plug into that regular 120-volt outlet, but it, literally it's not going to get you very far. Um, and it's uh, going to take a long time. So the, the thing to do if you if you have a garage um, is get a home charger. And, and they kind of have categorized electric vehicle chargers into three levels. Level one, plug it into the wall, 120 volts. Level two, it's 240 volts. It's a separate circuit, 40 amps, so it's got more capacity. Level three is a very, very high voltage, high current charger. We'll get that to the minute. So if you have... Um, if you put in a level two charger, 240 volts, 40 amp circuit breaker, it's got the capacity of, of charging at 9.6 kilowatt kilowatts. It's it's pretty fast, um, but you know, and so 9.6 kilowatts with a Chevy Volt, it, it could theoretically charge the whole thing up in two hours, but that's not the case because the converter that's in the car has a limit. Um, the, in order to keep the cost down for electric vehicles, the manufacturers didn't always put in. AC to DC converters that would be able to convert at 9.6 kilowatts. They usually have a conversion rate of about 3.3 kilowatts. I don't know where they come up with these numbers, but that's just what it is. So the Volt and the Leaf and many other smaller EVs have uh, more limited um, charging rates. Um, so that just means it's going to take um, longer than you think to charge up, but way faster than 120 volts. So these, these level two chargers, pretty simple. 
It's a it's a box about the size of a, a microwave oven. It's or a toaster oven. It's flat. It just gets mounted to the wall. It's got a, a cord that plugs in and it hangs on the wall. And, and and pretty simple. One thing to think about: figure out where you're going to park your car, pull it into the garage, see what side of the car the um, the uh, the socket is. And then make sure that you have a cord that's long enough to go from the location where you're going to mount the charger to the car. Otherwise, you might have to back in or do something else funky. And and it's very interesting. When you look at the prices for the chargers, it costs a lot more money to get a charger with a 25-foot cord than a charger with 12-foot cord. The wire just has to be really, really thick. Um, I, I recommend kind of leaning towards one with a longer cord because then you have more flexibility as to how you're going to charge. And, and you you just keep in mind, there's no such thing as an extension cord for the charger cord. So you're going to be limited to what comes with it. So the charger itself is going to cost between $500 and $1,000. And then you have to pay uh, an electrician to install it. It's it's, um, it's very straightforward electrical work, but you're going to need a separate circuit for it. So it depends on, on your location, depends on how much wiring is required. When I put one in it at my house, um, there was a reasonable amount of, of conduit that we had to run, and we had to run some fairly thick wire, maybe $500 for electrical work. The range might be from 300 to 1000 Generally, you'll need to get an electrical permit. And, and the other thing that your electrician will help you figure out is you may need to upgrade your, your service panel. You have to have an available circuit breaker because it's a separate 40 amp breaker. And you may not have enough um, uh, uh, capacity in your electric service to now pull an extra 40 amps out of the system in addition to what you normally have. So many older houses have 100 amp electric services. Um, and then you're probably going to want an upgrade to a 200-amp service. And, and what's also interesting that I'm seeing here in California, probably other places too, almost all the houses that I see being built, all the new single-family homes, they have 400-amp services. It seems insane. How could you possibly use all that? But you know what? 10 or 20 years from now, that's going to be the norm because we're going to be using a lot more electricity. We're going to be using electricity for heating is my prediction. And you're going to want a bigger service. But your electrician could help you figure out whether or not you need to increase the capacity of your electrical service. And and, and when you increase that capacity, you may need permission from your utility. Um, here in California, there's so much demand for extra electricity um, that the utilities are are, are are no longer kind of making it an automatic rubber stamp. You can upgrade the service. It's kind of strange. It's like they're basically saying, hey, we, we, we can't sell any more electricity than we already are without upgrading the line. So that which, which is going to happen. So that's a level two charger. Um, uh, you may also hear about level three charges. Generally, not something that you're going to get at home. These are something that, that you have at car dealerships, um, at, at special charging stations. Yes, of course, you can get one for your house, but they run at 480 volts and the, the current going, the voltage into your house is 120. So you're going to need a special electric service. You may need a special um, transformer just for your house or your location. Um, so that's a little trickier. And and the other thing about these level three chargers is the output of the charger is not AC, it's DC. So it's a DC current goes right into the battery and it's, it's a little bit more efficient. Only a few EVs can accept this direct DC input. What ends up happening is you may have a, a socket in the car for AC, you may have a socket for DC, or there's a, a special cable, but it's kind of different plugs and wiring that goes into the car. I'd say it's it's a you know it's only in, in certain circumstances are people really going to be looking at a level three charger. Um, very very expensive and and probably not necessary unless you drive a tremendous amount. So we talked about charging at home. 
What about charging at work? Well, it's, a lot of companies are starting to add charging stations. I think it's a great perk. Um, it, it, sometimes these companies are offering free electricity. It's like free gas. It's terrific. Now, they may limit the amount that you can charge during the day because the company's going to have to pay for the electricity one way or the other. But it's a good deal. They, they may give it to you for free. They often um, charge you up at a discounted rate, and that, that's pretty good. Now, these, these commercial charging stations, whether they're at work or, or even public charging stations, they're also networked. So there's data communications going on to a server somewhere in software so they know who can plug in, they see how much it's being used, um, they can um, control the, uh, the charging rate for different people charging up. So it's, it's, uh, there's a little bit of IT involved. Many of these are also managed by um, charging network companies. We'll talk about that in a minute too. But the good thing is charging at work is almost always going to be cheaper than a public charging station because public charging stations, they're going to want to you know, make a little bit of money off of it and your employer may want to offer this as a perk. Um, in terms of talking about perks, generally you're going to get a better parking space because they put these EV chargers closer to the front door rather than really, really far away. Um, and then in many cases, they're, they're starting to put these chargers in, um, in conjunction with shaded parking structures. And guess what's on top of these shaded parking structures? Solar panels. So you're kind of, it, it, it's actually the, the perfect opportunity. You, you've got shaded parking. You've got um, solar panels charging up the cars during the day. During the day, you got the most sun and the, the power goes right into uh, the vehicles. Um, so it's a, it's a really, really nice synergy. But these charging stations in, for corporate uh, purposes and also the public ones. They're they're not as cheap as the residential ones. Um, so so some planning's involved, and um, certainly what I'm seeing is uh, almost all of the new corporate campuses that are being constructed, all the new company buildings, they're making provisions for EV charging for for their employers, their employees, and it's a great idea. But um, it's not something that's uh, that's easy to install as a retrofit, and 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 here's why. And we've done this for. Um, many of the cinnamon solar customers in terms of installing a home charger in conjunction with their solar system and you know cost between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars because we we've got the electricians on staff um, when we have some of our um, uh, corporate friends who are interested the cost for a, a, a level two corporate charger probably in the neighborhood of five to ten thousand dollars for each charger and sometimes you can kind of have doubled up chargers and the reason is that um, and it, and it, you just can't slap it on a wall. There's usually some uh, underground conduit that has to be put in place. There's some upgrades to the circuitry that needs to get it put in place. The permitting is more expensive. The charging station is going to cost you $2,000 instead of like $700 because it's networked and sometimes it's going to handle multiple uh, uh, locations. Sometimes these corporate chargers have two nozzles, two plugs, so you can charge two cars up at once. So it's more money, but the the company looks at it as a, as a perk and it's worth it. So the third place you can charge up is on the road. And uh, that's kind of like a, a filling station, a gas station. So there's lots of these public charging stations starting to crop up. But, you know, as I mentioned before, there's, you know, we got like 10,000 of them compared to hundreds of thousands of, of uh, gas, gas stations. And the other thing is... It, these are money-making enterprises. So the, the uh, electric rate that these public on-the-road charging stations are charging you are, in almost all cases, much more expensive than it would be for uh, charging up at home 
or charging up at your company. Um, there's a number of companies that, that offer um, these public charging stations, um, ChargePoint, uh, some others, ChargePoint's right down the road from us uh, in Campbell. And, and basically, you're going to get a, a, a subscription. You're going to get a little plastic barcode or MagStrip card, and that's going to allow you to access these public charging stations. And sometimes there's a monthly charge. Sometimes you pay by the credit card. Sometimes you pay by the hour. Um, but when you kind of look at the numbers, it's it's um, going to be more expensive than if you were to charge up at home. But the reason why you're charging up on the road is because you got to go somewhere and, and uh, you need to top off that, that battery. So, you know, here's some interesting little economics and just kind of crunching through the numbers. Um, the easiest way that these uh, public charging stations work is they say, all right, you can plug in for an hour and it's going to be, say, five bucks. Um, so somebody parks there, put in five dollars. Um, but if you have the typical electric vehicle that can charge at 3.3 kilowatt hours um, per hour, kilowatts per hour, um, five divided by 3.3 means you're paying a dollar and a half per kilowatt hour. It's a lot of money. Um, uh, the, the, the high electric rates here in California are 30 or 35 cents. So it's like it's like five times more. Um, you know, and if it were solar, it'd be 15 times more. So um, you want to, it's not the kind of thing that you're going to want to charge up um, at all times. It's just really good if you need to kind of top off your tank to get home. Um, if you have a, like a, a volt or, or a leaf or something like that, and you charge up for an hour, that's going to give you maybe five to 10 miles of extra range. So you might be at the supermarket, your battery's a little bit low. You say, hey, let me charge this thing up a little bit. Maybe at the library, pay five bucks, you're going to get another seven and a half mile of range. Um, now, when, when you have these fixed dollar per charge situations, you can also get a car that has a bigger onboard charger. The standard chargers are 3.3 kilowatts, but you can upgrade to a 6.6 kilowatt charger. Then your charging costs are going to be 75 cents a kilowatt hour. Obviously, it's much better, but you know, still, not as, uh, still not as cheap as charging at home or at the company and, and still not as cheap as, as gas. So do the math yourself. It's, it's, it's uh, just some multiplication and division. Typically, you're going to find out that these uh, public charging stations are going to be 50 cents to a dollar and a half a kilowatt hour. Um, but you know, somebody's got to make money on it. It's expensive to install and things like that. Now, you also hear about some of these public supercharging stations. Tesla's got a network of supercharging stations. If you have a Tesla, you can plug in for free. Great. But um, it's going to take you a while to charge up, and sometimes you're going to have to wait. Um, Nissan and, and some of the other companies allow you to charge up at these superchargers um, at any dealership. So if you're looking for something to do there, you can do that. But you, know, you have to wait. It takes time to charge up. And um, it's not good for people who kind of get really antsy at the pump um, if you're impatient. So uh, just kind of summarizing things, my, my advice EVs are absolutely terrific. They're the way to go for a second car, uh, a car that's uh, a local car, a commuter car. If you, um, it's really great if you know exactly how much you're going to be driving every day. If you're uncertain about your daily driving distances, um, for example, like me, I'm a contractor, and so sometimes I, I drive 20 miles and sometimes I drive 200 miles, depending on, on my route during the day and the meetings I've got, customers I have to visit. So if you have uh, an uncertain driving situation, then you want to get a hybrid or get an electric vehicle with a range-extending engine. Um, Chevy has it, BMW has it, a lot of other companies have them. So uh, also, uh, this is the topic of the show today, you want to figure out where you're going to charge. Uh, it's going to be tricky for an apartment dweller. If you live in an apartment, 
before you, you sign on the dotted line for that EV, make sure you know where you're going to charge. I think if you'll inevitably get a home charger just because it's more convenient, it's going to cost between one and $2,000. Definitely look at changing to a different electric rate if it's available because it's going to be cheaper. Charge up in the middle of the night, better rate, um, and, and it, it, it really works out well. And as, I've, as I mentioned, uh, you definitely want to look into getting solar because that's going to be the cheapest way for you to fill up your tank. Well, that's all the time we've got on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for joining us today. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts. Music.